Are you still reeling from the terrible loss to Man City? You know what? Nah, I, I came to terms with it before, like a week before it happened. I was pretty confident that it was going to happen. Are you serious? I don't know. I'm nah. a bit of a... Yeah, I'm negative, man. Um, <laughs> do you know any other Gunas were, that were similar to you? That were kind of like, uh, we're going to lose. No. I had a couple... I've got a couple of mates who are, who are in like... I mean, I, w- I won't even watch the game. Like, I, I, I still watched it for, like, to see what happened. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, of course, of course you would, like, watch it. I mean, you're a Guna, right? Nah, well, like, 2.30 a.m., I ain't watching it. Oh, you mean, like, like Champions you didn't League watch the live, live part? Yeah, like, 5 a.m., that's kind of... That's, like, the cusp of not watching it. 4 a.m., I won't do it. 2 a.m., I won't do it. So, it's 2 to 4. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But you got up, you watched it. Like, what was your um, what was your mood good and going into it? Like, were you one hundred percent sure that you guys were going to lose, or were you like sixty yeah, forty? I was, or were you... I was a like I had hope. I had like, like maybe ten percent hope, but I just sort of came to terms with it, and I was pretty okay. And then when we conceded, like in the first like six minutes, I was like, oh okay, <laughs> this is going to happen. And then okay, this is going to make me sound like not a real fan. Okay. Um, after the third one went in, I went to bed. No way! It was like 60 minutes in! My, three, you know? my, my bestie Dan is going to be very disappointed to hear that. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, I just have everyone know, like, I, I, I value sleep a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot, a like, lot. It's, it's Anything more, less than seven hours, I'm a zombie. Your, um, would you call it an affinity for, for following, or for being a gooner, or, I mean, does, does yeah, that I still affinity. call I mean, like, you, like, are you still a gooner then, if you have these kind of compromises? It's kind of weird, like, because the thing is, I consider myself, like, someone who, I don't bandwagon, right, like, I don't switch teams too much, but I do happen to have, kind of, like, two, and... I feel like you'd be the that, guy that would be bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, I don't know, like, I, I was there, like, my, my core time as a, as a gooner is, like... The Santa Cazola years. Oh, they were okay. bad years, man. Living through those years, awful years. But you also had like Van Persie during those years, didn't you? Nah, that Van Persie was like a little bit before that. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought he was still playing when. Uh, th- there's overlap. There's yeah, a big okay. overlap. There's okay. a big overlap. But like, even the Van Persie year weren't that great. We didn't win. No, but he was kind of like the. I don't know, like an underdog type kind of player, you know, like he, he would, yeah, he would he have some magical, yeah, he would have some magical moments and then other moments he would just be kind of flat and not really show up to yeah. the game. It's actually kind of interesting. I remember reading, uh, not reading, listening to a podcast and one of the guys, I think it was like, like you know, the, you know, the Fozcast, Ben Foster? Mm, ben Foster, no. Oh, wait. He's like a goalkeeper. He's got like the best, uh, ah. Oh, wait, sorry. I'm thinking of, um. I thought you. I thought I knew who you were talking about, but I was thinking of Ben Fordman, the radio host, instead. <laughs> oh yeah, no, not him. Um, ben Foster's the um the goalkeeper who does a podcast. I think he's probably like as far as like actual players, he's probably got the best one. Okay. Um, there was some sort of quote with Alex Ferguson was like when he got Van Persie, his entire strategy became get the ball to him, he'll put it in the net. Um, and if you can't get the ball to him, you're not going to play. Okay, and I That's love pretty Van much PSG's strategy with Messi, isn't it? <laughs> I feel like it's with Mbappe, right? Surely you have mm, to say like Messi's—he's not the end of stuff. But I just—I loved Van Persie. I never thought he was like that kind of player to make a coach just change his entire strategy to be like get the ball to this guy. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's like a Messi Cronaldo type of strategy. Not, but does Robin that tell Van you Persie more strategy. about the quality of Arsenal during that time, though? <laughs> Yeah, kind of. Like, it makes me rethink that whole era because, like, I knew Van Persie was good, but I didn't know he was, like, 
that good. I don't know. I, I feel like he was a, a hit and miss person, hit and miss player. But this is also coming from someone who doesn't really watch the Gooners. I only really watch the Gooners when they're playing against Barca, you know, especially during that time. Um, the Gooners, the Gunners, sorry, the Gunners, the players, get it right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Gunners would would actually face Barca quite a lot in the Champions League during that era. It was always yeah, like in group stage. Yeah, always in group stage or always in like R16 or something. Um, you remember those, is it about that period? Like, was it that period or was it earlier when we were actually, when, when Arsenal were good? I think it was earlier. It was during the, um, you know, like, like the Thierry Thierry Henry, Henry times, yeah. you know, like putting the, the Barca jer- mm. shirt on Henri. <laughs> it was yeah. during that time. Like, you guys won the Premier League that time as well. 2006, wasn't it? You guys won the Premier League? No, 04. 04, 04 was right. the last one. So that, the Invincibles was the last oh, okay. one. Okay, yeah. So that was Thierry Henry. Mark Overmars was playing as well because he left Barca to play for for oh, Arsenal. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, the the, the glory years. Hmm. Right. All all Gooners love love those years. I wasn't even that big fan back then. Mm. Funnily enough, so I wasn't even following them when they won the the Premier League. Right. So I've never actually got to enjoy an Arsenal tr- trophy win outside of the FA Cup. <laughs> FA Cup was uh, like that's still pretty good though. That's not bad. No, I'm not. I'm not great. I need a Champions League. Oh man, I don't see it happening. But may, you know what? Maybe like this year. The, the reason why I'm like, like quietly sort of confident. I feel like you know it's a young team. Mm-hmm. Uh, time helps us, yeah. right? It's not like Liverpool Experience helps. where time is going to screw them over. Yeah. Like another year in Martinelli, another year in Saka. Mm-hmm. Surely they're going to get better. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm Saka's talented, man. He's got raw talent. Yeah. Like I really like seeing him on the ball. Like he's pretty good. Oh, he's so good. He's so mm. good. I, I always feel like he's going to get found out because he just cuts in and, and shoots from mm. the left. And he never gets found out. I just wonder, like, maybe he's going to be like a Salah or, or Robin. That or draw like, you guys got great. the week before. Jeez. Like, Saka. Liverpool. Yeah. Was it Liverpool? Yeah. The week before? No. Oh, I forget. Like, was the it? previous match. There's a bunch of draws. It was the previous match to Man City. Um, You guys draw. Like, you were losing. You were losing, like, 2-3. Must and then Saka got like the he, he got the last minute goal, like ninety one minutes or something. Oh damn, yeah. Damn, not a good. I really like, <laughs> there was like four four draws in a row. It's hard. The, they the all blend together. The previous game, <laughs> yeah, but they all blend together. Man, two weeks ago, I know, I know what I was doing back then. <laughs> um. Well, you know, speaking of sports, uh, we are back doing a, another review. And a recap for the Creed trilogy. We are doing Creed two in Roman numerals. Oh, is that what it is? No, no, that's just like the title. That's the, the way they just nice. got the title Roman numerals. So I was like, oh, I'll put Roman numerals on our notes. Creed, yeah, nice, cool, Roman cool. It's giving it a little bit of a pizzazz. Mm. <laughs> a bit, of, a bit of class in it. Mm. Um, welcome to the listener. You know what? You know, I actually just realized I haven't said welcome to the listener at the beginning of the episode. For a very long time, actually, we stopped. That saying, explains a lot. <laughs> we stopped saying "Welcome to the Listener." I mean, why do I feel welcome? Does the listener even care about that? I don't know. I feel like it is a nice thing to do. Welcome to the listener. Honestly, if I hear a podcast and they don't welcome me, I just turn it off. Mm. So, <laughs> explains why you don't listen to the episodes. Well, I get. I, I start it. You start it. Well, well, the intent is there. After about like five minutes, I'm like, he hasn't welcomed me yet. What the hell? <laughs> well, nonetheless, welcome to the listener. If you, if it's your first time here, a very warm, fuzzy hug. Welcome to you. And if you are back again, 
thank you for coming back. Um, it's a little bit of a surprise if you are coming back, but thank you for coming back because it tells us <laughs> that you enjoy listening to us. Um, I enjoy listening to us, TBH. That's no cap. That's no oh, cap. Yeah. Like, I actually enjoy listening to our podcast episodes. Do you, do you listen to it back? I do. Like, I listen to it because to get the ratings up. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. To get the stats up. No, I honestly listen to it just because I, I want to know how well it's recorded. I, I want to know how well it's actually sounding. Are you looking at it from like a quality? Yeah, yeah. And then I'm also like trying to find areas that we could maybe trim a little bit. But then every time I think about that, I write it in the feedback notes on my own kind of like spread, not spreadsheet, but just my own kind of notepad, right? And then yeah. I don't actually encourage us to improve on it. <laughs> you should, yeah, because I actually feel like, you know, it's actually crazy. Have you seen that um, movie podcast? I used to listen to them ages ago. They don't, not anymore. Oh, God, I don't know the name of it. Um, movie podcast? Uh, it's, like, well, it's the best one. They, they review films and they're like kind of a lot more intelligent sounding than us. Really? Like they sound almost I British. don't know. We're, we're pretty intelligent. No, but they sound it. Oh, I don't think we sound it. The British right? accent, right? Uh, maybe it's British, maybe it's like American, but like... Um, if it's American, it'll be people like from Harvard or whatever. Yeah, because like... Um, anyway, about them, they they, they they review films uh, and they will do like maybe like three in a single podcast. Each one takes like 20 minutes tops. Oh, okay. Mm. What is this? I, don't, I can't even find it on... Um, is it like a legitimate uh, review channel like... Empire Magazine, because I know Empire Magazine does a podcast as well. <laughs> uh, no, because I haven't listened to it for a long time, because I kind of stopped caring. But, um, mm. yeah, like ever since I started like doing podcasts via Spotify, mm. I haven't actually tried to look look it up. Yeah. All right, I have to find it later. Anyway. I'll do it while we're talking. Anyway, um, yes, Creed 2, review and recap, we have done Creed 1. Film spotting. Film what? Film spotting. Film spotting. Are they seriously trying to punanize their podcast with uh, transporting? I think so, yeah. Which I think gives it a little bit of cred, right? It's not a shout out to them. They're sometimes a bit boring. But like they'll do, for example. Mm. Oh, no, actually, no, they're getting pretty long now. Two hours. Mm. Okay, no, I remembered wrong. Sorry. They're just uh-huh. like us. But they can't beat us because <laughs> we usually go more than two hours. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, it's about like the more, more content you have, the better. Mm, maybe. I haven't actually done any research <laughs> on that. So maybe that's my next point I've of research. I've got to be wrong. <laughs> I've got to be wrong. Um, anyway, sorry. Yes. Anyway, yeah, Creed 2. So we have done, for the listener who hasn't re- listened to our previous review on Creed 1, that is episode 53. Uh, this is episode 54 of the podcast, and we are doing Creed 2 now. So starting off with the director we have a different director i think i mentioned this in the previous Mm. episode yeah you did Mm. because this was a film that came out in 2018 um and that was the same year that black panther wakanda forever came out as well as well so the filming was around the same time i'd imagine hence why uh ryan coogler couldn't come back for number two so the director now is a guy called stephen capel or capel capel or capel jr I don't know any of this guy's work, but uh, after doing some research for the podcast, he's actually, his latest film, because like the previous films and it's actually mostly short films that I've seen on his IMDb page, um, mm. 
his most recent one, which is a film coming out soon, is the new Transformers film, <laughs> Rise of the Beasts. Oh, <laughs> tough break. What do you uh, mean tough break? That's a huge of, break. What do you mean? It's a lot of money. But I, I, for some reason, and this is making me sound like an old man. You are. I've never liked the Transformers films. and Not even the first because one? I've never been able to follow the the the, the action. Not even the first There's one. There's just too much stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, Dude, yeah. The first one is, even the first is one. a banger, man. The first one is lit. I, I enjoy it. Um, like the whole plot and the movement and stuff like that. I just found out the action. There's just too much moving metal boxes and sharp, jagged egg edges. I just can't follow you just it. can't follow visual effects, can you? Is that what you're saying? It's like if it's going too fast, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like they're going, because when they transform, it's not a very clean transform. It's like, <laughs> they turn into a bunch of jagged squares and they come out of it in robot What form. are you like? And wanting usually to see when they're like doing a proper that, anatomy breakdown of the transform. A little, like, but usually like they both turn into like a bunch of jagged squares and then when they come out of it, they're already like mid-action. Like they're already like rolling. That's what I found like really funny about the cartoon. Remember the cartoon? The cartoon was like, every yeah. it, no, it wasn't even a real transform. It was just like, boom, and then it's like this big object. <laughs> no, but like his arms did exactly <clears> the same thing every time. Like the the hands, Optimus Prime's hands are his headlights. Yeah, but I guess the other Transformers, like it'd always just be like as if somebody's um, scrunching up a piece of paper or something, and then voila, there's an object. I love that. But the 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 thing I love about the first film, though, the first film actually shows you a a slowed down Transformer, which is Blackout. You know, the first Transformer you meet is Blackout, um, the helicopter in the beginning. Mm oh man, oh, man. Such, it's such a cool such a cool sequence actually um it's it's a helicopter it's all black and everything and then you sort of figure out that it's probably a decepticon which it is and then they try and usher it down to thing because it's not communicating to the rest of the helicopters and the soldiers and, what, and whatnot lands down on the tarmac and then it stops and i still remember the sound effects man because it was like and then like the routers sort of lift up and then it goes towards the back um and then it does a slow transformation and i I remember sitting in the theater this was 2007 right i remember sitting in the theater going wow like this is blowing my mind this visual effects i was so impressed the visual effects just blew my mind it was almost like this is the new breakthrough for visual effects um prior to matrix or something right which was like 10 years prior to that so I was like, I was blown away because it was slowed down and everything. And then it slowly picked up just so then you could see the big Decepticon. I had a similar breakthrough in watching, because I watched Transformers in cinema as well. Mm. And that was the first time, because I've always bought like gummy bears and, and, and chips to try and sneak him into the cinema. Why? Because you're not and buying them for the candy bar? No way. Cause it's so <laughs> then you start doing that when you're around because you buy the ticket and I'm like, oh, I'll buy the candy. It kind of works out. But... um. That day was the first day my friend talked to me into trying to sneak in a zinger box. Oh, okay. And I did it. And like, it was just the first time I thought, man, I can get hot food in the cinema. Oh, you naughty, naughty punter. Blew my mind. Oh, yeah. I think these days they just don't care about you taking food into the cinema anymore. Even back then, I, oh, back then it was a bit more of like a you got to get like a jacket and put around. I think back it. then oh, things were much more strict on. Um, getting tickets, lining up for tickets, and then getting them ripped and all that kind of stuff. Nowadays, technology has – is I suppose technology is responsible for things being completely automated. And I feel like the people working at the cinema have no jobs at all, right? 
I'll give you an example. Every time I go to the cinema, I go. I usually go to event cinema. It's in Bondi Junction. It's not too far from me. Um, every time I go, I I use the app. You know, I use the events app. Yeah. So I buy. I purchase a ticket. I buy my junk food on the app, and then all I need to do is I just have to pick up the junk food, and then I just showed them. I showed them my app. Yeah, but they they put the junk food out for you. Don't yeah, you? it's all self service. So so that's what I'm saying is like I just don't know oh, yeah. if any of the workers have anything to do. <laughs> it's like because. They, they're putting the, the popcorn in the box, putting in the self-service area. Sure, but we're like one step away or maybe half a step away from just a machine doing that. A machine basically does popcorn anyway. Like it pops popcorn. Mm. Like how hard would it be for a machine to just put popcorn into a box? <laughs> That's kind of sad, right? Because like I think the cinema job is like the quintessential teenager. Yeah, man. I used to love that job when I was younger. Um, oh, you I had that. that. You know, I used to love doing the cinema oh, chicks and stuff. One. I used to love telling people off with having their phone on. <laughs> Wait, you were around back when phones I were just were becoming like... a thing. So this was like two thousand and like four or whatever, two thousand four, two thousand five, and those phones were like you know the Nokia phones. Those are really popular. Not, like iPhones weren't really a thing. So they're just playing like snake in. No, them. people were just like texting and stuff, right? Texting yeah, and right, okay. whatever. Like, texting was such a huge thing. You know, it was all like 300 texts per month or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I remember. The good days. days, yeah. $20 top up for the month or whatever. Um, yeah, you do like, you got Optus and you had, I think it was like 30 bucks, no, it was 20 bucks a month and you get like a 300 text or something like that. <laughs> we had this, um, we had this, uh, I don't know what it was. It might have been like a subsidiary tele telecommunications company that was called Boost Mobile back in New Zealand. And they still got it here. Got it here. Oh really? I mean, if it's the same one. Hmm. Like I want to say that they're affiliated with Vodafone maybe. I don't know. But in the, the one here is done with Telstra. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure what kind of company they're anyway, like when you get Boost Mobile plan or something, you can get one thousand texts for like twenty bucks or something back <laughs> back in the day. That's still good. What do you mean it's still good? Even now. <laughs> I don't know uh, okay, text now- dude. I'll get killed now. Yeah, I, I text a lot. I just enter a lot. Uh, That's my problem. I mean, who has limited texts and phone calls these days? Yeah, no. But actually, you know what? They can take away my phone calls. I don't need them. Yeah, I don't need them either. I mean, I, I don't even know like how many minutes I use per month. But It's got to be less than 10 for me. <laughs> don't call me. <laughs> don't call me. Yeah, it, it's got to be less Anyway, let's get back on track. So we actually died. We, we completely... Um, went off track because we spoke about Stephen Cable <laughs> Jr., who's the director of this film and his latest film, Rise Rise of the Beast, Transformers, which comes out in June or something like that. Uh, we have new writers for this film. Jewel Taylor, Sylvester Stallone is also writing again, and then Sasha Penn. Not sure who these people are. Um, the actors, we have Michael B. Jordan coming back playing Adonis uh, Johnson, Sylvester Stallone playing Rocky Balboa again, Tessa Thompson playing Bianca, for Felicia Rashad playing the mum, Mary Ann Creed, Dolph Lundgren, new entry to the film, uh, playing Ivan Drago, we have Florian Mantunu <laughs> playing Victor Drago, um, he's also known as Big Nasty in real life. <laughs> Oh, what? Who's? Okay, I have no up. idea who he is. Um, and then we have Russell Hornsby playing Buddy Marcel, Wood Harris playing Tony, aka Little Duke, Burton, Milo Ventimiglia playing uh, Robert Balboa, who's. We finally get to see Rocky Balboa's son, which was really cool. Um, you, just to sort of throw some water on that, you do see him in uh, Rocky Six. Rocky Six. 
Yeah. There's a Rocky Six. I thought there was only five Rockies. The Rocky Six came before Creed One. Oh, so it'd be like Rocky One a... Five was the guy back in the eighties. Yeah. And then Rocky Six was like 2006 or something. I don't know. Like, oh no, more recent than that. Maybe like 2012 or something. Wait, it was like a couple of years before Creed. Creed I, wanna, One. I think I've seen that actually. Wait, no. Oh yeah, because Rocky Six was like I think them trying to test the waters of yeah 2006. Okay, my first thought was was correct. Okay. Not um, sure. I have to hold that thought actually. Uh, then we got Rob Robbie and, Johns who plays Logan Barboa, um, who is the grandson, and then Andre Ward. Oh yeah. Uh, Danny, a.k.a. Uh, Stuntman Wheeler, who was from the first Creed. And then we have uh, Bridget Nelson playing Ludmilla Drago. Uh, this movie has a runtime of two hours and ten minutes. The budget was a little bit more. It was about $15 million more than the previous one. So uh, obviously there's some success there from the first one, bringing it into the second one, $50 million on the budget. Box office intake was $214 million or over $214 million, uh, which is much, much better than the previous one. And this was released on the 21st of uh, November, 2018. Now, the only difference, well, not the only difference, one of the differences between this and the previous film is that the Rotten Tomatoes score on average is slightly lower compared to Creed 1, with a Rotten Tomatoes score from the critics 83% and the audience rating is 80%. That makes sense. I think sequels always find it a little bit harder, don't they? Mm, mm. They always, yeah. I, I, I feel like everyone's a bit more, um, bit more of a criticism when it comes to a sequel. You know, there's a bit more of an expectation, which makes sense, right? You've already set the yeah. standards from the first one, especially if it's really good. I, I just think origin stories are just more engaging stories, in my opinion, just in mm. general. Yeah, true, yeah. true. Okay. Um, so the consensus from the critics, Creed Two's adherence to franchise formula adds up to a sequel with a few true surprises. But it's time-tested generational themes still pack a solid punch. Would you agree with that consensus? Yeah, I, I think the film is like not surprising. I think that's kind of why I like it. I mean, I don't watch these films to be thrilled, but um, I do think it kind of like you know digs deep in the a lot of the the family themes, a lot of the father stuff, which I quite like. Mm-hmm. I like that kind of stuff. So there's like a you know strong emotional anchor to the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew from the start exactly how it was going to go, which it didn't bother me at all. And <laughs> what do you yeah, what do you mean you knew that exactly how it was going to go? Like the, uh, uh, like who's going to win or something? Is that what you mean? Or you kind of know who's going to win. You kind of know that. Like okay, so so, so <laughs> maybe I'm going to be a bit dumb here, but I feel like origin film is character is weak. Mm-hmm. Um, character goes through some sort of transformation, mm-hmm. comes through the other side, and they either win or they lose valiantly, right? Which is what happens in Creed one. Um, sequel, they're usually on top of the world or they're doing quite well. Mm-hmm. Something shakes their core belief and then they have to sort of build themselves back up again. Um, and that's what happened here. Mm-hmm. I feel like this film also, I mean, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Rocky three back in 1985, this is kind of like beat for beat Rocky three. Oh, no way. Yeah. So, Which I love. so the director, Stephen Capel, he, He'd done his homework, but then he basically copied his classmates' homework. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> kind of, but I mean, like, I always sort of get a little bit annoyed when people say that because, I mean, stories are generally going to follow. Yeah. Like, what are they, like, the stories all follow, like, seven core yeah, sure. things. Yeah, there's right? always going to be a source so of inspiration say, and how many ideas you take from certain original material or whatever. Hmm. Yeah, so when I say beat for beat, I mean 
champion on top of the world, second guesses himself, has a challenger who's way better than him, loses, builds himself back up, wins. Like, it's not the, the script is the same. It's not like that, mm. but it, the, the general story points are mm. the same. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, speaking, well, I'll, I'll give you my thoughts and my first impressions, um, but I will say, I'll just talk about what the plot is. So in 1985, Russian boxer Ivan Drago killed former US champion Apollo Creed. It's a bit of a spoiler, I guess, for Rocky, which one? Rocky 3, did you say? 4. four. Rocky, Rocky 4. four um, film shouldn't really go up to past 3. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not true. What about... Uh... <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm trying to think of some. I'm kidding. I mean, for a sports film, that's pretty damn impressive. Going up to six films, that's insane. Six or five. Well, technically nine if you count this. Yeah, but it, these are more spinoffs, right? Star Wars. Yeah, but Star yeah, Wars for sure, for sure. I agree. Star Wars. But I'm just saying, like, can, can you think of any sports film that has even a trilogy? Like, what sports film has a trilogy, let alone five films? Goal has a trilogy. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't count that. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Goal 2 was worse. <laughs> Wait, how worse implies Goal 1 was bad? Sure. Goal 1, incredible. <laughs> goal 2, pretty bad. Goal 3 is, like, objectively awful. <laughs> but it exists. It exists. Um... Yeah, like, uh, sorry, let me, let me finish off this uh, synopsis here. Against the wishes of trainer Rocky Balboa, Apollo's son Adonis Johnson accepts a challenge from Drago's son, another dangerous fighter. Under guidance from Rocky, Adonis trains for the showdown of his life, a date with destiny that soon becomes his obsession. Now, Johnson and Balboa must confront their shared legacy as the past comes back to haunt each man. Yep, cool. That sounds pretty cool, the way it's written. Do you think it sounds cooler than <laughs> what you would rate this film? Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a very well-written paragraph. It is. Yeah. Thank, you. Like, Thank you. Yeah, I think it's probably no, better than the film, but it's, I, I think it's more of a positive to the paragraph than it is to a negative to mm. the film. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Well, um, well, let's get into some key highlights and lowlights. Do you want to start this off? or? Oh, you said you are going to. Oh, yeah, I did. Okay, let me start yeah. off. I did it last time as well. I don't like to do it twice. So, um, fresh in my mind, just finished watching it, and already I forgot what the movie was about. No. <laughs> but that happens every time. That's not a sign that's a bad film. <clears throat> it's true. Okay, let me let me think. Okay, did I, my first impression, did I like this film? I liked it a lot. I oh, cool. I liked it a lot. I was surprised, actually, how much I enjoyed it. Um, I For some reason... Maybe somebody had told me in the past that like Creed Two wasn't as good as the first one, or maybe I'd read it somewhere, or I had this um, this impression already going into this into watching this that the film wasn't as good as the first one. And like mm-hmm. I mentioned in the first film in the, in the first review, um, I remember watching that first Creed movie, being blown away by how good it was, uh, especially for a sport oh, wow, sports okay. film. And then. I, yet you gave it yeah, no, no, I gave it a 7.5. You you oh, gave it yeah, a 8.5, didn't you? I think so, yeah, and then we knocked it down to like an 8. Something yeah, like okay, that, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so like uh, after reviewing and recapping that first one, I changed my mind because I had I looked at it with a finer comb, I suppose, right? So coming into the second one, I I was a little bit, more warned, a little bit more prepared, thinking that this was probably not going to be as good. So I was thinking, okay, if it's not going to be as good, then it's probably going to go 
one or two ranks lower um, in the rating compared to the first one. However, after finish, well, like even throughout the whole film, and especially when the uh, credits started roll, I was like, wow, this this was really enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) I really liked it. Really liked it. And I, I think I almost like it better than the first one. Like, spoiler alert for me, I'm going to say yes to that. Wow, okay. Yeah, I like this one more than Wow, okay, I'm so fascinated because this is actually um, interesting that we're both on the same page, like this close as well. Um, Yeah, because I think I do like it better than the first one. And and I have a lot of reasons for it, but I want to save those reasons for when we get into the recap. Um, So some highlights for me is finally, finally, and you probably don't want to say (laughs) (laughs) I know exactly what you're going to say. Good job, Tessa. Yes, good job, Tessa Thompson. She came around. <laughs> it's not her fault. I know, it's not her fault. I mean, we can probably blame yeah. Ryan Kuglo because he's not directing this film anymore. Um, so I was I was really... Oh, first of all, I was shocked. Like, I didn't actually know she was in this film. Mind you, I didn't really know who else was. Yeah, yeah I didn't know who... Like, anyone else. Uh, sorry, I didn't know... Who else was going to be in this film apart from Rocky Balboa? But I didn't realize that her girlfriend. Oh, you thought it was going to be one of those like, oh, we broke up. No, I, I don't know. Off like, me. it just—it's it, kind of stupid of me. But yeah, I probably should have thought. Oh, yeah, she's maybe it was more because of the fact that I wanted to forget her character from the first one. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like uh, one of the first characters you meet in the opening scene, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, Tessa's. And I was like, well, she's uh, she's got a hard, she's got an uphill battle, man. I hope she like really packs some punch here. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you can. Yeah, true, true. But yeah, man, I was really impressed. She was really, really good. She actually had a lot to do and a lot to contribute to the story and to our main uh, protagonist, which was awesome. Um, another highlight for me is also Rocky. I think Rocky is also a huge highlight for me in this film. I think in some ways I think I prefer him in this one than the previous one. In some ways. Probably not. Entirely, but in some ways, so I have to think more about that when we go through the recap. I actually agree with that statement mm. as well. Yeah. And uh, I'm just going to say one more key highlight is that the emotional beats hit so much harder in this compared to the first. Oh yes. man, the emotional beats were like they were getting me. I was kind of like, oh man, I'm feeling this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, really, really enjoyed that part. Um, some lowlights, I can't think of a lot of lowlights, apart from the predictability of the formula. It's kind of hard to escape that when you have a film like this, you know. Um, mm. I, I was kind of getting a little bit tired of, like, the predictability of, okay, you're already fighting the antagonist, like, 20 or 15 minutes into the film. It's like, clearly you're going to lose. You kind of yeah, lose. you're going to yeah. lose this, and then you're going to come back. You're going to, like, go through this whole kind of traumatic series of events, blah, blah, blah. Although the journey was pretty enjoyable to get there, but... So I, I don't know if I completely, or if it's fair to qualify that as a low light. It's just because the predictable nature of this formula is just, you know, it, it is what it is. You can't really change that. But I guess someone like Stephen Cable has to try and keep us engaged, keep us on our feet, and sort of think, okay, how can we, how can we stay satisfied and more interested in the story as our protagonist goes through these um, these challenges. Um, so yeah, I, I think overall, I yeah, really, really liked it. Yeah, nice. Um, I'll try and be fast with mine. So I guess like key highlights, similar to yours. You're just going to copy um, mine, copy paste. 
I should just do that, yeah. No, I think, like, like Bianca has a really big role in this film. I think it's, like, a cool throwback to, like, all the old Rockies because, like, uh, Adrian's character, I don't know her, her actress's name, unfortunately. Uh, I'm trying, but I'm failing. <laughs> okay. Because she's in The Godfather, so I should remember this. Oh. Let me look it up. Yeah. You look it up. I'll look it up while you... Uh... But, oh. like, so the cool thing is that, like, it's always, like, been in those films where... Um, there's like a female lead and their support gives like the main character strength. And I think like, it's, it's cool that they've done that in this film. In the last film, we hated it because it was so like just tacked on. It's really funny. I've read other people's reviews. Talia Shire. Like, such a charming romance. Oh yeah, Talia Shire. She's great by the way. But yeah, a lot of people say like, oh, such a charming romance in the first one. Oh, I love the romance in the first one. And we both hated it. But this one, there's like just so much uh, time spent on it. It really has time to breathe. Mm. Um, I really wish... They did a bit, like, okay, maybe this is just me wanting too much nostalgia. But in Rocky II, um, the Adrian character, she's just, like, a really big part of, like, him getting the drive that he needs to to, to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of thought they were going to go in that, that direction mm-hmm. with Bianca, and they didn't. Dude, she but, was too busy know, being like, pregnant, whatever. man. <laughs> yeah. I kind of didn't like the fact that like, they hinted at her having this really big career. Mm-hmm. They move to LA for her to have that career, and then she gets pregnant immediately and just doesn't do mm-hmm. anything. That kind of like made bummed me out a little bit. Um, but keep going back to highlights. Highlights. Um, I, I love the throwback to you know Dolph Lundgren and Ivan Drago. Like that's a cool story. I think that like the way they um, did the the story beats. Like you know you mentioned this. Like the emotional story beats. The whole father son thing. It's very emotional. The way that, like, you talk about Rocky and his kid, you're talking about, like, Adonis and his father and also Adonis and his child. It's just, like... And they also, like, go out of their way to show a bit of, like, Victor and Ivan and and how, like, his relationship with the rest of Russia plays out. Like, there's a point where um, you kind of feel for Victor Drago and you start to think... I start to think, like, oh, man, do I want him to win? Because, like, he's trying to prove his tarnished family name to a whole country like that to me kind of got me i didn't feel like i hated mm. that guy um one more low light is um buddy marcel the promoter mm. he just seemed unnecessary um yeah i feel like this movie could have actually operated fine without having him <laughs> yeah he doesn't take a lot of time like so i think i felt like bianca last the last um, movie she took up like maybe 15, 20 mm-hmm. minutes. And so I was really mad that she didn't do mm-hmm. anything. Whereas I feel like buddy Marcel just kind of, he's just there mm. and he's just like happy no matter what, like Victor winning is happy. Uh, yeah. The character doesn't have any objective as well. It doesn't have any motivation. I mean, we don't even, even when, uh, what's his name? Adonis. When Donnie asks him like, why are you in this? Why are you still in it for the money? And he's like, no, I'm not in it for the money. But then we don't actually know why he's doing it in the beginning at, at all. <laughs> I thought he was like he kind of is in it for the money. Well, I mean, not, he could then, be yeah. lying in that dialogue sequence. You know, he talks yeah. to him on that balcony thing when he's watching his girlfriend perform. Yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah, so you know, you just did it for like a cash grab or some shit. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not in for the money. And he. Oh, I think he said that he wants to do something iconic, like Rumble in the Jungle. Yeah. Like he wants like to like. But it's like. Great thing. Okay, sure. But we don't know his background. We don't know what, what else kind of motivates his character. And. It could have just done without him, but if you're going to have a promoter in there, maybe have an interesting arc to his character. You know, have some have some yeah. kind of gamble or something going on, something contentious that really makes him interesting. 
Because the thing is, Ivan Drago's... I mean, we can talk about this in the film itself, but, like, Ivan Drago's there. Mm. Um, he, can have done, he could have done the challenge. And there's enough emotional weight that you don't need a promoter yeah. there. But um, the last highlight I want to point out is that just there is a montage in there. Oh, the, uh, yes. It's funny because when, when the montage <laughs> happened, I thought of you straight away. Because I was like, this yeah. montage, mon- this montage slaps, and I think Tony gonna love this. <laughs> I love this montage. It's like the perfect montage yeah, yeah, yeah. of like they're doing their boxing, yeah. and it's the best build up. Like the build up completely yeah. shits on the first one. Oh, so, so good. good! Like that's the thing. I feel like this one was much more traditional, and it does it mm. better. All right, all right. That's well, it. let's get into the recap. So, listener, if you're first time here. Just so you know what a recap is, a recap is us walking through the entire plot. So yes, you're probably going to think to yourself, oh, maybe I just press pause here or just get out of the podcast because they're going to read the entire plot. (laughs) Uh, No, no, no. Stick around because you might learn something cool. You might uh, get some really cool insights or you might learn nothing at all, but it might be worth it because us walking through the plot, it is our way of analyzing the entire film almost scene for scene, not entirely scene for scene, otherwise we'll be here for like six hours. Um, But we break down critical parts of the entire film and we focus on the three-act structure in the film, which is act one, act two, and act three. Um, And we're going to talk and give our thoughts on this whole part. So let's get into it. (laughs) All right. uh, Starting off with act one. So... In oh, I'm getting my sizing correct here. I'm trying to like, <laughs> I'm trying to maximize or maximize. I'm trying to zoom in and it's zooming in too far. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> All right, you get some glasses. I know, right? Uh, okay, so in 2018, three years after his loss to Pretty Ricky Col- Conlon, Adonis Donny Creed, alongside his trainer Rocky Balboa, has won six straight bouts culminating in a victory over Danny, a.k.a. Stuntman Wheeler, to win the WBC World Heavyweight Championship and reclaimed his 1967 Ford Mustang, which he had lost to Wheeler in a bit. He's like, I remember, that was actually a cool line, you know, when he wins the fight. And he's like, get my keys back. Does he say get my keys back or something like that? Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get my keys back. And I was like, oh, that's That's right. He made that bit in the first film. So I I liked the tie-in from the first film getting straight into this, like yeah, the opening yeah. scene is him um, coming off of six straight wins, um, <clears throat> which is cool. And he does a rematch against Wheeler, which is a really cool thing. Which, by the way, think- sorry, sorry to interrupt. Oh, yeah. By the way, cool fact that I actually learned after watching the first Creed and us doing the review, I did, on, I did a little bit of a YouTube um, rabbit hole. Not, I didn't go too far in the hole, which was great because otherwise – would have been on YouTube for hours. But I learned that all the boxes in the first film, they're all legitimate boxes. They're all pro boxes. Oh, yeah. right. All of them. It, I, I knew Andre Ward was a boxer purely because like, I played the EA Sports boxing <laughs> game, but I didn't know Ricky Conlon. Is he uh, like an actor or is Ricky Conlon his name? Um, I th- No, no, no. Ricky Conlon is the, the character name, I think. But yeah, he's, he's, he's a real boxer, guy. though. Um. Oh, yeah, he does a good job actually. He's done a fair bit of acting to be Yeah, honest. I mean, I think all of them did a pretty good job. Like even Danny Wheeler, like he's the only legitimate boxer in Creed Two because he comes back from the first one. But he doesn't do a whole. No, lot of he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't even do a whole lot of whole lot acting either. A fair bit yeah. of it. Yeah. 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 So they're all um, proper boxers because I was watching one of those. You know that you know how GQ does that YouTube thing where they 
they interview real life people and then they an- analyze like people in their career. I enjoy yeah, those are pretty cool. Those are yeah. pretty cool. So one of the boxers, I didn't even realize, like I, I didn't even know that I was watching the boxer from Creed. I didn't recognize him and then he's like talking 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 and they do Creed and then he starts saying oh yeah this is me here and, and like uh, the cool thing about the, the Creed film is that all of us we're all we're all boxers we're all former boxers uh, professional and stuff like that and I was like what <laughs> I was thinking like the fight scenes are, are, are good. Ah, oh, see, that's the kind of funny thing, right? I want to like, oh, they look really, really mm. cool, but like real boxing doesn't look that cool. Right. So actually, have <laughs> but you'd be out. the arse to think, oh yeah, the boxing doesn't look real, and there's like, ah, oh, excuse me, <laughs> the boxing's yeah. from pros. That, I don't think it does look real. Like yeah. you know, a lot of these like sort of gigantic mm. haymakers, and then like their head swing and come yeah. back. I mean, like, it's it's very choreographed and it's very cinematic. However. I haven't seen enough boxing movies to say this. I've seen a few clips of Rocky and all that kind of stuff. And if I compare, anecdotally, if I compare the the fight scenes between Rocky and Creed, Rocky looks garbage compared to Creed. Yeah, it looks horrible. Right? It looks like, really choreographed. It's like um, pro wrestling style, like one hand forward on their body and yeah. then one hand wide. Yeah, to... it's worse than like Raging Bull and stuff. <laughs> Raging Bull, I think, is actually quite accurate. Yeah, Rocky's... It's it's a fun film, but it's not great yeah. boxing. Yeah. But it's entertaining boxing. But I just can tell, like, there's no way one guy is just like walking forward, not blocking his head, and just like swinging arms. <laughs> Actually, sorry. What I wanted to say about this mm-hmm. scene, I thought the direction was good here. When you hear a Bianca, she turns on her yeah, yeah. hearing yeah. aid, and she like hears the sound of the stadium, and she's like, "Wow, it's so like you can sort of see in her face like this is so huge." And, like, in that, you know, five-second scene, you get a sense, oh, Donnie's a really big deal mm-hmm. now. And I just kind of love these scenes that, like, just cut through a lot of garbage and tell you what you need to know. Yeah. Um, and I, I like the the whole plot line of, like, that – you know how we were, like, man, we were so mad that he didn't get to fight Wheeler. Yeah. Like, Wheeler, uh, that's that right. demolished mm-hmm. him and never got to fight him. You get to, like, sort of resolve that plot mm-hmm. line in a way that takes, like, five yeah. minutes. And it's kind of funny because, like, everyone's sort of saying, well, he was, like, three years beyond his prime. It wasn't a big deal. Mm. So maybe it's kind of, like, diminished a bit. But I do like the fact that they tied it back to the first film and closed that. Yeah, regardless of whether that's, um, like, a nice positive thing to that story or that subplot, I still think it's good. Yeah, you're right. Like, I agree. I still think it's good that they did tie it up and that it's a good way to usher in um, a brand new story while also feeling heavily anchored to the first film. Yeah. so yeah, yeah, it was cool. You don't have a situation where it's like, what's Wheeler doing? Why isn't Wheeler calling him? <laughs> yeah. Um, and his, his reasons for, do they actually explain his reasons for wanting to fight? Like, I don't even think they touch on the fact that he wanted revenge or something like that, right? No, I think Wheeler's just a champ, right? He just wants the title. Mm. Like, it's like just a traditional just a sort thing, of reason. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> now a Woodwise star, Donnie proposes marriage to his girlfriend bianca taylor who agrees bianca suggests starting a new life together in los angeles but donnie is reluctant to leave philadelphia and thus rocky um did we miss something here um no No. that's pretty much right at the beginning right i think the cool thing about this scene i liked was that he was clearly much much more nervous about um proposing than boxing Mm. which again sort of gave a lot of um insight into sort of his mm-hmm. mindset like i think he just thinks he's a great boxer yep. now 
Um, but it but it also like uh, helped uh, us connect more to his girlfriend. The fact that he actually feels something different now and feels a bit more challenged. Because remember, like in the first one, the relationship wasn't a challenging relationship for both of them. There wasn't a lot of things that they overcome together. And doing something like this mm-hmm. was a little bit of a foreshadowing on the challenges that they were going to get themselves into throughout the rest of the film. Okay, yeah, I didn't see mm-hmm. that, but I get that. I, I thought it was pretty cool when <clears throat> when he's like practicing. He's practicing how to propose. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's really funny. cool. It was, it was it's, it's, a, it's another part to his character that we hadn't seen before, that nervousness. Um, because the kind of nervousness that we see him getting into boxing is very different. He takes it out, like, in the training, right? He takes it out in the gym. Yeah. He takes it out in the sweat. He screams, he screams yeah. very sort of, like, gruff and emotional. And, mm. and this is kind of like a goofy nervousness because he really wants it. He's, pr- You can tell he's pretty confident that she's going to say yes, but he's still kind of, like, doubtful, you know? You think he's confident? Well, yeah, I thought it was like pretty. Difficult. I think his confidence is really just coming from the fact that he's got innate confidence being a boxer, mm. and um, I think he's he's also confident on like where they are on, on like what kind of page are on. I think, um, yeah. and then so when he's practicing, <laughs> when he's practicing his proposal stuff, he says it to her, um, but she she doesn't actually hear him at the first time, right? Doesn't hear him for the yeah, first time, right. and then he. Well, he doesn't, even say, he doesn't it. say it again. He just shows the ring, and then she slams the door. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, "Stop yeah, playing! Stop funny. playing, Donnie! Stop <laughs> playing! You playing?" <laughs> the thing I liked about that scene actually was it. Again, it does a lot for you in the sense that you now know her hearing problem is yeah. big. Like it's it's real now. Like without it's the, actually doing that progressive thing, I guess. Right? Yeah, it's getting worse. Mm. Um, which is kind of actually kind of funny because like they show that at the start of the film, but it never really comes up again. Like, she just always has the hearing aid on, I yeah. suppose. Um, one thing I also wanted to mention, I guess, like, it's kind of cool, is um, with Donnie not wanting to leave Philly purely for Rocky, pretty much, mm. um, you just get a sense of how close they mm. are, which, yeah. again, shortcuts. Yeah, shortcuts. It's, it's doing these little things that does a lot for the characters. Um, it doesn't waste too yeah, much time. Yeah, it's just like that. one line, one one thought, one, one sentence, something mm. like that. Um, and you're just like, wow, okay, cool. I get a really good sense of where everyone kind of is after the, what is it, three years? Since That's right, them. yeah. <clears throat> um, in Ukraine, Ivan Drago, the former Soviet boxer who killed Donnie's father, Apollo Creed, during a bout in 1985, has been living destitute since losing to Rocky that year and seeks to regain glory. Assisted by promoter Buddy Marcel, Ivan pits his son Victor against Donnie. When Rocky refuses to support Donnie's acceptance of Victor's challenge, Donnie leaves for Los Angeles. <clears throat> okay, so a lot happens in yeah. That <laughs> it's pretty much like sandwiched the entire first yeah. act of that one paragraph. Okay, so Ivan Drago, you're you're more of an expert on Ivan Drago character compared to mine. What did you think mm. of Ivan Drago now? In his, I don't know, what is he, 60s or whatever? Um, yeah, I mean. 60s, 70s, something like that. Uh, is he still the same character? Like, is he Is he a little bit, has he, like, he's pretty dull in this film. Is he, is he a dull character? Yeah. <laughs> he's a dull character. In the first film, he's more like a robot, so he's even duller. Oh. So um, he's got a bit more fatherly emotion I guess, yeah, there's a lot more fatherly emotion. I mean, in the ending, obviously, but I won't, I won't, I won't mm. talk about that. But, um, like, he doesn't seem like when you said like he has a fire to regain glory, like, you don't really see that. Nah. He just seems like a coach that works his son way mm. too hard, and he's just kind of, 
I don't know, focused on a goal. Like, it's not even that focused. He's just kind of getting going through the motions. Is what I felt like. Um, He's got like a hey, Hollywood check. Let's do it. <laughs> I kind of wished, like, because like they kind of pitch in this film that he's gone through some really dark mm-hmm. shit like his wife left him because he lost is that in the rocky film do you see that um you see her so it's kind of funny the the actress is the same actress like it's all the old actors and actresses coming back um you see her like get angry and walk away as he's losing mm-hmm. in that film but there's no indication well i don't even know if you if they're i don't even recall them being married but i guess they are because she would have left right after yeah, he lost right. Um, but yeah, you do see that. Um, but yeah, I just felt like as a destitute person who's been like sort of betrayed by his country, sort of, I thought he would be a much more aggressive and much more forceful. Um, whereas he kind of plays this film as like sort of like a cool kind of, you know what I mean? Mm. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm explaining it well, but he's so. kind of, he's reserved mm. in this film. For a guy who's like finally got his chance to right the mm. wrong that ruined his life, he's not that emotional. You're right. I think. It's well, that, that's the thing is for somebody who has a huge chip on his shoulder, for somebody who has revenge, that's pretty much what he's doing, right? It's like a revenge story, a revenge quest for him, but he's doing it by vicariously through his son. Um, he wants to get back that glory for Russia because he was embarrassed being beaten in his in Russia, right? Like Rocky went to Russia. Yeah, in Russia, yeah. <clears throat> Same thing last time. Mm. But you know what, actually, as I'm talking about this now, it's kind of weird. I'm sort of playing, I'm, I'm kind of being a devil's advocate for myself because you know that scene, and it's a little, little bit later on, we'll touch on it again, where they're having that dinner in Russia mm. where he's, like Victor is getting... With the family, uh, right? Like it's... Um, raised, yeah. With the the family. Draco like family. His, his mum. yeah. And then he, the son's like, how could you sit there with them? They threw you away. They're all you terrible mm-hmm. people. Why are we sitting there with them? And the dad's like, I lost. And it kind of makes me think, this guy's accepted it. Like He just sort of understands that losing leads to this kind of life, and it's mm-hmm. his fault. So when I say that, the fact that he's reserved and cool and not particularly fiery actually makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. <laughs> so I just talked myself into thinking <laughs> maybe it makes sense for his character. Because yeah. he says, I lost in a way that's like, this is fine. Mm-hmm. I lost. It, it, like, this is it. I, I'm not now you've got to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can have a different life yeah. than me. Uh, so, yeah, yeah I mean, anyway. I, th- I thought he was fine. Uh, I, I think... Um, I did feel like he didn't have much to do other than being this really strict, very disciplined father. But then there wasn't a lot of, um, it was more just like a lot of talk with him and his sons being very, very disciplined. I, I was I was expecting him to like beat his son up or something, you know? <laughs> I, was, I was expecting him to like really rough him up and take him through. I really through. wanted that too because the ending would have been so much like, if he was more fiery mm. about the revenge and he was a lot more strict about the mm. training, that turn at the end would have just been so oh, much more yeah. powerful. Yeah, for sure. Whereas um, it was powerful, like, but not as good. Yeah, as they were building up this uh, really tense relationship between him and his son, you know, being that he has to be very disciplined so he can get him to be the world champ. They were building it up and it almost kind of, like, it didn't, the build-up just seemed really empty. <laughs> I just thought there could have been a, a lot more like dirty, gritty stuff to it. They just talk about it being he, you know, he's 
raised in hate and or he was born out of hate like that's what rocky says or something like that um and he's powerful he's strong he's fast and all that kind of stuff it's and you see him train i'm like yeah his training looks intense but i was expecting his father to like really beat him up (laughs) yeah and i think the film is kind of interesting they they play the film as if like ivan and victor are like close like they don't like he talks to Mm. him he trains him hard but not like he doesn't abuse him or anything like that Maybe that was just like on purpose. I think it would have been more powerful I if it did. So. Um, but and I think it, like if it would have it would have been awesome to see some anger and rage come out of Ivan Drago by virtue of him really roughing up his son, you know. And mm. that would have been a nice arc between him and his son. But otherwise, it was pretty vanilla. That would to have be made honest. it more like when when Ivan actually goes to Rocky and like confronts mm. him. It would have been significantly more. Um, I guess scary and and, and more mm. powerful if you knew what Ivan was capable of to his yeah. own son. Whereas he treats his son quite well, so then you just kind of assume, eh, well, this is gonna be a conversation. Yeah. Like you don't think Ivan has it in yeah. him. I'm not I'm not saying he doesn't have it in him anymore, but he's like not shown to be particularly violent. Yeah, yeah that's like my only real critique yeah. on that character. Um <clears throat> so Donnie and Bianca settle in a luxurious apartment in Los Angeles. Oh, actually, before we keep yeah, going, yeah. I did think that the speech between like Donnie and Rocky was was pretty well done. Um, this was definitely again a throwback to wait, is it Rocky three or Rocky? I forget which one, but like this idea that like he's doing something that the coach doesn't approve of. The coach is right. He loses the coach, and that gets into his head mm. a little bit. But just when he's like, "You're either with me or you're not," and it's like, "Oh, well, you're not then." Oh, the conversation they have outside the door. Yeah, yeah. When they finally like when he starts to sort of break down as yeah. a person. Yeah, it's true. It's actually a really good dialogue uh, piece between the two of them. Yeah. I like how I like the setting is at night as well. It's it's very dark. It's dim purposely so then it can convey that emotion. And they're outside. And they're like, yeah. if he was inside a house, it wouldn't have been as good. Yeah. Like, it's kind of weird. Since I, st- I, I would have never cared about that kind of mm. crap way back when. <laughs> but started, after I started talking to you about films, I'm like, you know what? Doing this outside is so much better than yeah, doing this it's important, house. man. The se- the setting for the type of dialogue that you want to, uh, or I guess the kind of emotion you want to convey through heavy dialogue sequences, the setting is really important. Uh, the lighting is really yeah. important. The way the camera moves from one character to another. So, like you're right. Like I, th- I think this dialogue sequence was really cool. You started to see more of that ter- terrific acting chop from uh, Michael B. Jordan. You know. He ha- mm. he he has this kind of demanding, um, not demanding, but commanding uh, stare into not into the camera, but into the mm. into the characters and the way he presents his lines or the way he says his lines is really convincing. So, yeah, I like it. I, I like that there was that kind of tension between him and Rocky. Because I mean, even though like it's predictable, you know that Rocky's going to be like, "Nah, I'm not going to do this." And by the end of this yeah. scene, he's he's going to walk away and he's he's going to perhaps maybe regret, not fully regret. But you know, eventually he's going to give us some time, and then he's going to come back. But the whole—it's like a sad—it's a sad walk away. And I actually like the like how he's walking up the stairs, and I was expecting him to say something, um, have the final say. But he just he just glanced yeah. at him, and then he walked back into the house. I thought that was really yeah, cool. Yeah, it's like, very very powerful. I, I enjoy that. Like yeah, because he says yeah, and he mm. just walks up and goes in. Like because he's not. This is a funny thing in Rocky Six, right? He has this really big speech to his son. Because um, you know how him and his son have like problems. I don't know that. In Rocky Six. <laughs> oh well, I mean, he, he talks about how like. Oh yeah, I mean, they talk about it in the film, like how he's had problems. Yeah. Yeah. 
So in number six, he has the that's where the problems kind of right. arise, and <clears throat> he does this big speech, and like I think the speech is pretty well received in the um film community, but I always thought it was kind of like a bit weird for Rocky, a bit bit tacky. Mm. Was like and a little out of character for him or something. I mean, the dialogue is in character, but him having just like this big long speech about like you know what you have to do to live life and when he's not really a long speech type of guy. Like I, I just know yeah, him from Creed all. one and two, and he's really not a long speech kind of guy. He's very short, sharp sentences, but has a lot of impact behind the short, sharp sentences. Yeah, yeah, hmm. I reckon. Um, no, yeah, yeah, it's like short, sharp, and it's always like a little fun. I don't know. I, I like he's like how naive he is with the words he says sometimes. Like they're all just like real fun uh, metaphors or oh, something. Yeah. Oh, he's super time. naive. And and I think he recognizes yeah. that as well. Yeah, I love mm. that about him. But anyway, sorry, yes, we've taken too long. Okay. <laughs> Bianca learns that she's pregnant. Um, Donnie recruits Tony Little Duke Evers, son of his father's trainer, Tony Duke Evers, and later Rocky's trainer to start training him. Overwhelmed by his life's recent developments, the Underprepared Donnie rushed, rushes into a match and is badly injured. Badly injured is a bit of an understatement. Victor is disqualified for hitting Donnie while he is down, allowing Donnie to re- retain the World, ha- World Heavyweight Championship. Nonetheless, uh, nevertheless, Victor becomes extremely popular in Russia and wins a series of fights with top billing. Uh, moving on to Act Two. Wait, should we not talk about this? One yeah, let's or... let's talk. I mean, I was just gonna like transition us into Act Two, <laughs> but it looks like it's frozen oh, okay. anyway. The transition, so never mind. Um, yeah, oh, let's sweet. talk about this. Like, the first thing I actually want to say is, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. I was thinking about something. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the fact that he didn't win. Like, he lost, but he, but he didn't win. I like that because I was I was expecting that he was just yeah. gonna like lose straight up, but he actually got disqualified. So I like that aspect. I really enjoyed that too. I thought that like, oh man, how do they, how are they gonna like sort of get this guy to give him the rematch? It's kind of what mm-hmm. I was thinking the entire time. I'm like, I hate it when it's like the guy gets exactly what he wants, and then like, you know, with all of his hubris, gives back a chance like oh, oh, oh you're so weak i'll fight yeah. you again and then what, again what is like the antagonist's real motivation is like oh i just want more glory so i want more winning or whatever so it's awesome that both his character and donnie's character had to go through those motions of both losing essentially <laughs> yeah yeah like he, he like that second fight kind of had to happen for both characters i think that was written mm. really well one thing that i kind of wish they did here i didn't like this was that um they really telegraphed the fact that he was going to lose. Mm. I would have loved it if there was a, like a short montage here because like he's training with his dad's trainer. Mm. You know what I mean? And the dad's trainer like was like kind of like, mm, I don't want to do it. I wish the dad's trainer was like super jazzed about it. Like, you know what? Finally, I trained your dad. I've been dying to train you now that I know that you're, you're, you're in it for the long haul, all that mm. kind of stuff. And then they have this great montage and it's like super like, yeah, we're going to go great, and then he gets destroyed, <laughs> right? Whereas when you're watching him train, you can just kind of tell his head's not in it the entire yeah. time. And I think that's probably what they're going for because yeah. that's the actual storyline. the director was quite deliberate in making Drago's training preparation look way more intense and way more brutal and warrior-like compared to Creed because Creed's training, like you, you, you're sort of jumping back and forth in the montages, right? And I'm like, man, Creed, go 
do something more crazy and intense. Do some ninja warrior shit or something. Because like, just like I'm not even he's like sparring, yeah, he's just right? sparring. Like he's sparring. punching underwater, and freaking Drago is like carrying a oh, tank right. or some shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, not yeah. not doing that, yeah. but like he's doing some really intense training. I thought his entrance was really cool. Who Drago's? Oh Creed. Oh yeah, with um like with the lights and shit. um what's that song? Um, some sort of rap song. I don't I, know song. I don't, I don't really like Icon winner loads. Something like Icon. I think it's from um <laughs> Will Smith's son. Uh, out of all people. Oh no yeah, way! It's called like Icon something. Um, I remember hearing that song on like Instagram or some shit. But yeah, I, I think the fight seems really good. Mm. Um, one thing I didn't, I don't really understand. This is probably a, a mild thing. Is that how could Victor be this good at boxing and still be destitute? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Dude, they go through some crazy stuff. shit over in Russia, man. <laughs> These guys like train yeah, outdoors and yeah. like minus ten degrees, dude. <laughs> and he's still doing like a warehouse job. I'm like, come on, you're good enough to take on the champion of the world. You should be like they're about getting some purses, you yeah. know what I mean? But Maybe yeah. that was the other motivation we didn't know about is like they need to get some money. But Well, actually, just, <laughs> maybe it's not true because his family, Drago, is like a super rich family. No, but like he's been cast out. He's living in mm. Ukraine. That's right. Like the wife left and... Well, because the thing, I don't think it's his family Is anymore, it? But right? like, like their last I name think... is Drago, though. Yeah, but she, that's why he says, like, that's why she left. And, like, that. And the son's like, I don't even know that woman. Oh. You know, I think she left and married some rich guy. And Ivan was left to the wolves, essentially. Right. True. Yeah. All right. Um, act two. All right. His body and ego shattered. Da-dum. Donnie becomes increasingly disconnected from Bianca. Marianne reaches out to Rocky, who reconciles with Donnie and agrees to train him for a rematch against Victor who was suffering tortuous tortuous is it torturous is that how you say it's about torturous okay torturous physical like torture yeah I understand yeah (laughs) I think this is actually a very incorrect yeah Um, suffering torturous physical test at Ivan's hands Bianca gives birth to a daughter Amara and Rocky is named her godfather however Amara is born deaf inheriting her Lack of hearing from her mother's progressive hearing disorder. Okay, so what did there's quite a few things here just in the sentence, but let's. I want to start with um the progressive hearing thing. What did you think about this being um, hereditary to her daughter or their daughter? I liked it because it gave a point to that condition, which is kind (laughs) of hard to say. Like it's kind of shitty to Mm -hmm. say that, but you know, it's not like. It's a film, right? Everything has a reason. Mm. Like, it would be nice if just people, some people were born deaf because, like, the director's like, well, you know what? Like, you know, 30% of the population is deaf, so it makes sense. Is that true? Is that a stupid true stat? (laughs) That sounds ridiculous. That sounds really But, um, yeah. But, like, the idea that, like, you know, you can only be deaf if it affects the story is kind of a crappy thing, but it's something that I still Mm -hmm. believe in. Um, And I like the fact that it had that. But one thing I really liked was that it, played into again um adonis's character like he does this thing with rocky where he's like you know it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine and then rocky says like what if it's not though and then he's like i don't want to think about that and it's like yeah but you kind of have to that's a very mature thing that's a very adult thing the wise thing you know coming from somebody who's so experienced in life already i felt like that was like a really powerful moment Mm. in the film when he actually starts to acknowledge Mm -hmm. it 
And he's like, yeah, I'd love her still. And I'm just like, look, it's an obvious thing, but again, it just showed two perspectives from two different characters. It showed the growth on Adonis's part, and it showed that Rocky, with all of his idiotness, bad word, um, has a lot of wisdom mm-hmm. to give. Yeah. What did you think? I really liked it because um, <clears throat> just like what you're saying, there is a purpose um, to this kind of character trait or whatever. It's actually doing something, which is great because I think the director would have seen the first one and maybe thought about the same thing that we both uh, criticized that movie for. was like, why does she have, why is she deaf? Like there's, there's no point in her yeah. being deaf at all. <laughs> <clears throat> really? We should, you know what? Realistically, we should be okay with a character being deaf for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I know mean, what you like mean that, because like deaf the, people exist. Yes, sure, but yeah. but my the issue wasn't necessarily on the character being deaf or not. It's more on the fact that they made it a thing of her being deaf because she just got it right. So, so she's a character that yeah. didn't need to have it in the film. She says that she's I've just got it, and it's progressive hearing loss. It's like you didn't have yeah. to have that character. The character could have just been deaf in the beginning. <laughs> I think it's just a limitation of um storytelling that we, we expect this kind mm, of thing mm. but but yeah but so anyway, coming sorry. into this into the second one the director actually took that character trait and did something valuable with it for the characters for both donnie um maybe maybe not so much rocky but rocky kind of gives that insight and he pushes that uh purpose that character trait purpose mm. a bit further which challenges uh donnie as a father because he's like you know what are you going to be okay with it? And he's like, yeah, of course I'm one of the obvious things I am going to be okay with. He's like, no, 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 but you have to think about this because you yeah, have to I be like prepared that. for you not being okay with it. And it was so poignant because when it went back, <clears throat> was that after or before the scene where they both have that moment of realization when they're going through the tests? It's, yeah, it's, it's um, after, right? It's, it, no, it's after that scene. So <laughs> they have the scene and she fails the test. And then he's like, "Oh mm. man, there's gonna be like there's like false readings and there's gonna right, be another test." Right, right. But but just yeah. in that scene when they're having the test, it was such a powerful moment because both are, both of those characters they showed a lot of emotion, you know, which ties yeah. both of those characters much much closer together. Because it's also that realization, like, "Oh my gosh, you know, our our daughter has has now got." Uh, you know, it, it's a disability, right? Our, our daughter's got a bis- disability, mm. and this is how we're reacting to it, like humans, which is really cool. So that brought in more gravity into their relationship, which was awesome. So I loved it. I think we needed that. Yeah. We need that. Yeah. So one thing from this scene that I thought was really cool, like not this particular scene, like this section that we just talked about, like when Donnie becomes increasingly disconnected from Bianca, and he's like going through his mental issues. Mm. The film, I think, does a pretty good job of showing mm-hmm. that. Um, it does some pretty fun stuff with, like, audio. Like, there's a part where Bianca's talking to the mother about, like, how bad Donnie mm-hmm. is right now. And then Donnie goes underwater, and their dialogue becomes mm-hmm. muffled. And it's not like Donnie can hear them, but you're just sort of hearing it from his That's point right. of view. And I thought that was kind of stylish. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I just think it does a pretty good job of of showing that happening to someone. Like, it's not just he's going to be throwing chairs and mm-hmm. shit all day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not overacting. It's just like acting really, really mm-hmm. well. And then it takes him, like he t- takes him talking to Rocky, Rocky kind of opening up about his bad relationship mm-hmm. with his son. And then that kind of, I, I feel like this scene was one where 
Donnie kind of got over it a little bit mm-hmm. too quickly. <clears throat> but at the same time, that, that seems to be a trend in this series. Yeah, so there's certain things that now. they have to... <laughs> there's certain things that they have to be comparable for, you know, some of the subplot stuff and some of the... Even, it's, it's two hours and ten yeah, minutes, I guess. Even it. the main plot stuff, you know, there's some things that they just have to glance over a little bit to give a bit more screen time to other areas that they feel like is more important. I totally get that. But um, if we're talking about uh, undercooked sequences, I would say the the relationship between Rocky and Donnie was repaired a little bit too quick for my liking. Like, yep. <laughs> like it was a little bit too quick. That a conversation, the conversation was cool. It was kind of cool. But the turn of events were just a little bit too fast. I was kind of like, oh man. Was it equally as fast as uh, Rocky agreeing to fight cancer? Which one was faster out of those two? Nah, I think that I think Creed One was way faster <laughs> because yeah, I feel like right. that cancer situation is way—it's literally life threatening. So. Yeah, and he's like, he has such a good reason to not want to fight cancer, and Donnie's like, "Well, if I'm going to fight, I'm going to fight." Okay, like, you're right. I'm fighting. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was honestly that was such a weird thing, dude. When you brought it up in the podcast, yeah. it's like true. That was so weird. How we yeah, how we just agreed yeah. to it just like that. It, it almost exactly. like yeah, cheapens. So the now nah, I don't know if it cheapens the relationship between him and his his uh, wife um, because I haven't actually seen it, but it almost I almost had that feeling like it cheapens that connection a little bit. A little mm. bit, yeah. Like I just felt like when like Rocky would have been like, I don't want to fight cancer. It's like, well, if you don't fight, I I don't fight. It was like, well, you know what? I'm not that interested right? in your career. It's fine. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was a little bit. It was glanced a little bit too fast, but I get it. They needed to be a bit more efficient, move the story along, and get him back on that road to redemption. Um, <clears throat> but just yeah. a little bit on uh, him going through all that kind of traumatic moments. You know, after getting beaten down, his spirit is down. His his hopes and dreams are down, and um, I like the fact that the thing that helped bring him out of that darkness was them having a baby. Like, that's yeah. a really, really cool thing for the character. Um, and I actually think it's really cool where he's talking to Rocky. This scene was like, um, there are some parts that are like gems. When he says, like, I don't hear that voice anymore driving me to punch mm-hmm. everything. Like, it... it it showed that it was like a much deeper thing that happened to him. Like, you know how he like, actually like when we talk about underbaked things, I think his sort of depression and I'm not sure if I want to call it depression, but that whole moment Mm -hmm. in him actually is baked quite Mm -hmm. well. There's a lot of things of him like going to go see little Duke and little Duke's like, come on, Mm -hmm. come in. And then he just like drives off. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, Um, and him having, no, I was going to say there's a lot of those good moments for sure. But yeah, like when him having the daughter trying to get her to be quiet for some reason, going to a gym, screaming at a boxing bag, that kind of brings mm-hmm. him back. Um, it's weird. Yeah, there's cool. there's slow steps and there's a sort of passage of time that you really get, which is which is something that works well in this film because <clears throat> the hardest thing about um, writing a character going through a redemption arc is showing the passage of time, and I think. The them having a baby, having the yeah. baby showed that because everyone knows babies yeah, take nine months. Babies take a while, you know, and you yeah. see her get more and more pregnant, which is a great. It's a smart way to really tell efficient storytelling, you know, and showing yeah. the passage of time. I like that a lot, actually. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh. where was I up to? <clears throat> Enraged at the sight of her, Victor storms out of the dinner. Oh no, you're 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 at the top uh. of that paragraph. I think. <laughs> <clears throat> oh yeah, I am. 
While Victor taunts Donnie publicly, he faces constant pressure from his father behind the scenes, who enjoys the intention of the media and various Russian delegates. At a state dinner, he and Ivan encounter Ludmilla, his mother and Ivan's ex-wife, for the first time in several years after she abandoned them following Ivan's loss to Rocky. Enraged at the sight of her, Victor storms out of the dinner and chastises Ivan for seeking approval from those who cast them out. Meanwhile, Rocky and Little Duke retrain Donnie in a decrepit location in the California desert, focusing on fighting from within and training Donnie's body to absorb the heavy impact he will receive from Victor in the ring. Okay, so this is quickly getting into that like beautiful montage, which I really enjoyed. I actually, man, I'm glad you liked it. Oh, I loved it. I think if there's... If there's any boxing film that needs to do a good montage, they need to learn from what Stephen uh, done with this montage. It was just like I, I felt like there was the right energy. I felt like there was like bounce and and you know there was it was a very sort of upbeat momentum and rhythm to the montage. And I feel like this is how montages should be. I don't know what the montages were like in Rocky, but <clears throat> Rocky Four montage. I think you. Oh, really? That. You can watch it without oh, okay. context. <laughs> is that the one where he runs up the steps? Or is that the first one? No, Rocky 1 and 2 is when he runs up the steps. Rocky 4, I mean, a bit of a spoiler, he goes to Russia and he's training in like this snow oh. cabin. And he's like lifting logs and chopping wood. It's like, it's so they do something similar to Creed in this film. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a definite throwback to, to Rocky 4 because Rocky. Um, it's, it's, it's the same plot in a way, like in the sense that Rocky Four, it's all about making his body strong. And it's all about like doing different things to sure. sort of go back to mm-hmm. the basics. And that's what he's yeah, doing Yeah, it's here. awesome. Loved it. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, if, if, when they go into the California desert. For, oh, sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> I just burped. What did you do? Did you oh, hear damn. that? Uh, no, not really. You could have you okay. blown through. Um, when, they, when he said they were going to, go to a different location or whatever. I don't think at any moment we actually know they're still in California, right? Like, I don't think they mention at all they're still in California. Yeah. I thought it was going to go to Russia. I thought it was going to be like a uh, real right, throwback like actually to go Rocky to Russia. Yeah. I actually yeah. thought they were in Mexico or something. Because <laughs> the guys, oh, the guys right. that are there training out in the desert, I'm pretty, they, they, do look they look Mexican. Mexican. And I'm pretty sure the guy that he's boxing looks Mexican as well. But then again, Mexicans in California, I think it's actually sure. a pretty big part of the population. Yeah, sort of the southern baller, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah, so so this this part where he goes out to the desert, at first I was kind of like sketched out. I was like, why is he getting him to use a sledgehammer? Not a sledgehammer? Yeah, sledgehammer into, into the, the floor. floor. Not even a tire. Yeah, I was like, what is this about? Is he supposed to like uncover something? You see the giant <laughs> hole at the end, and you're like, man, what a hole he's built with this sledgehammer. <laughs> it's like, surely this is going to ruin like some sockets and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, so tight. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so before we get into Act 3, because uh, we're going to sort of glance past, like in Act 3, we're going to glance past the whole montage thing. Let's talk a bit about this montage. I'll let you kick it off. Yeah. Oh, the montage. Yeah, it's brilliant. Like, you see progress. He's, like, not good at the start. Like, the best montages to me are the ones not where it's just constant, like, wow, yeah, everyone's happy. And it's not the ones where it's, like, nothing really happens. Like, in Creed 1, the montage was, like, him training, him training, him training, and then just mm. ends, right? But this one, you're showing both sides. You're showing, like, the other guy just monstering people. So, you know, you get a sense of how bad the, the antagonist is. But then you see the main character, like, he's, like, 
not doing great. And then in the middle of it, he's running and then he collapses. Then he gets up on his own and Rocky's like, get up, kid, you know. And then from I was on, like, he's like, dirty collapse, he needs water, man. <laughs> ah, man, he needs heart. <laughs> I was like, dude, just give him um, water. What's like, how's that going to like make his training not that better? Not gonna <laughs> him up, man. It's not going to toughen him up to the blows of God the but then, like, yeah, I just love a montage where, like, you know, by the end of it, he's doing brilliantly, and you're, like, you're seeing his, like, big back and mm. his posing. I don't know. It's great. How about, like, the medicine but, ball that he uses to smash his abs when he's doing the dead hang? Yeah, and then That's he's, like, so vomiting. Good. You kind of get a sense of how hard so it is, and then eventually he's not yeah. vomiting. You know, you get that progress. I can do that, by the way. Um, do you want to talk about the dinner at all? I don't think so. We've talked about it. Uh, yeah, way. the dinner. I don't know. The, the, this whole dinner sequence in Russia, like, every time they jump back to Russia and, and this – kind of part of the film uh, i kind of tune out a little bit to be honest i'm, I'm gonna be i'm gonna be honest about it, it. Made me support, um victor and, I, and you know me i love a film where i can kind of support mm-hmm. the antagonist i yeah. love that um he, like you know when he's like you know these people threw me threw us out why are you like fucking mm-hmm. up to them why do you like them um i thought that gave victor drago a fair mm-hmm. bit of depth like not a ton yeah. of depth it gave him some layers <laughs> um, to the character absolutely yeah because um, yeah. he's not an antagonist that I disliked, um, but I didn't think he was the most interesting antagonist either. He was pretty one-dimensional, again, a little bit wooden. <laughs> but I like that he has some grievances with his father. I like that. And it, yeah, he had some opinions. And just like a couple of the other things, it's a, it's also a little bit undercooked because if you spend time trying to unravel that relationship with him and his father, then we're taking away screen time from donnie and all that kind of stuff i get it but but like they the annoying thing about filmmaking is that they touch on these things but then they never explore it it's like maybe just don't touch on these things at all (laughs) see i I think i'm happy that they touched on it and like i wish they spent more time on it but then again it's two hours and ten minutes Mm. already um but I feel like his character traits are something that I would have liked. To yeah, more. like I actually was half expecting him to disown his father by the end of it because he was just sick of the fact that he was doing this for his father. I was hoping it was going to be a kind of like anti-father thing by the time he gets to the end. And he's like, do it yourself. Like, yeah. I'm not going to pick up your pieces and whatever and, and you know, be the reason for your failing or whatever, you know. And I thought he was going to sort of come into his own. But that's like a big, that's like a bigger story, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what's actually kind of funny? In the first film, um, not the first film, Creed 4, oh, uh, Rocky mm. 4, um, it does actually go like that. Mm. So, like, uh, <coughs> Ivan Drago is, like, sponsored by the state. He's kind of cheating. He's cheating? And they is he on drugs or something? Uh, like he's taking steroids oh. and stuff. Um, and then, like, in like as he's, like, kind of losing the fight, they want him to, like, cheat more, I think. It's been a pretty oh. long time since I've seen it. And by the end, he's, like, pushing them away. Like, I'm not. I'm going to fight this mm. like a real man. And then he loses. Right. Um, and I thought they were going to go the same way. Like, with his fight. son. Yeah, was, that would have been cool. Yeah. Like, it would have been a way for his father to say, don't do the this, don't do they, what I did, or whatever. The way they actually went, I think I liked it mm. more. Yeah. We'll yeah. get to that. But I, I think I preferred the way they ultimately yeah. chose. Um, okay, so we're on to Act 3, I guess, yeah? Yeah, yeah. In Moscow, yeah, it's, it's not working. It's kind of frozen at the moment. <laughs> um, in Moscow, the rematch is more balanced as a more controlled and focused Donnie exchanges equal blows with Victor. Victor is used, used to winning by knockout 
as his bouts have never lasted past four rounds, Donnie uses this to his advantage and willingly endures a heavy beating from Victor, even after his ribs are broken. Wait, is his ribs still broken? No. So he gets broken again because the guy, because um, Victor cheats, he holds his arm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but twice. that's not until like round five, isn't it? It's kind of interesting. Like this paragraph gives the fight a lot more strategy than is evident mm. in the film. Like there's this, there's like there's kind of describing like a rope dope strategy where oh, okay. the big strong yeah, guy big, tire him out. Big boxing terms and... here, eh? Rope dope. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> what the hell's that? Um, but he, you know, uh, I mean, like it's what Muhammad Ali did way back when, where he just kind of like stood on the ropes and got really defensive for a long time to tire out George Foreman, and then eventually win through like that war of attrition oh. that's, that's how Muhammad Ali won <laughs> that sounds very yeah. underwhelming <laughs> he was way older and way like way way past his prime and that's why it's such a big deal it wasn't like two guys at the top of the oh. world it was like one guy who used to be and one guy who is ah. and the underdog won ah. you're but, saying Muhammad yeah, Ali is the underdog in that in, in that oh. fight yeah because he'd, he'd been in prison and stuff, right? He hadn't been fighting okay. for a while. I honestly don't know anything about Muhammad Ali other than the fact that he's a legendary boxer. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. I, I mean, he was doing good shit before that, but in that particular right. fight, that's why it's so okay. special. But yeah, like this film kind of, like this paragraph describes that, but I don't think, I didn't see that. I, I Lasting. Didn't see. Yeah. No, I didn't see any like, you know, oh man, you know what? He doesn't last past the fourth round. You should like take some hits and tire him out and then get him in later. Like mm. there's no conversations like that. I guess, uh, I I guess like, uh, you know, the, the montage fights that Victor has, like maybe, I mean, we don't even see how long those you rounds were. Killing dudes yeah. quick. But it's not, it's not part of their strategy. Like Rocky's just sort of saying stuff, you know, fight for yourself. <laughs> You yeah, can true. do it. You're yeah. dangerous. Like it's yeah, they never talk like... about like how he should just last for four rounds or whatever. Oh, but I, I do remember the commentator saying something like that. The commentator says, the yeah, he does. says, oh, he's going to tire him I out. I do or really like that they actually have like Max Kellerman, like a real kind of ESPN. He just went full on boxing a to me. <laughs> no, he does basketball a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but... um. One thing that I kind of wanted to mention is that I was like impressed, equally impressed and um, sad about Apollo's and oh no no Adonis's mm-hmm. entrance. I thought that it would have been really cool if he just had a really bare bones entrance to show that he's like roughed in the desert and like doesn't care about. The Imagine he just walks out silent. Hey, that'd be crazy. That would have been crazy, and like like the idea that in the first one. Like Victor's entrance is really basic, and then his one's like really cool and he gets mm. destroyed. I would have liked that flip. It was cool to have like Bianca singing, <laughs> and it was actually a very cool yeah. entrance. I like his shorts. Yeah. His shorts, like being the black creed shorts, those are really cool. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. It was nice. It was kind of like chic black or something, you know? It's a way to intimidate him, oh, perhaps. Yeah. Um, okay, so Victor's used to winning. Yeah, yeah done that. Uh, you're up to Donnie. Oh, yeah, Donnie. Uses this in the okay, yeah. In the tenth round, Donnie unleashes sequences of effective blows and knocks. Uh, Victor down twice. Ludmilla departs from uh, departs after the second knockdown, upsetting Victor. And Ivan sees the truth of his son's earlier words. An exhausted Victor is concerned and receives multiple strikes oh. without defending him. You're going to say something? I was like cornered, not concerned. oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, caught it and, and receives multiple strikes without de- uh, defending himself, but is unwilling to go down. Finally, realizing that his son's safety means more to him than revenge or acceptance from Russia's elite, Ivan throws in the towel, forfeiting the fight to protect his son. I have something to say about this, by the way. <laughs> um, okay, he, he assures the distraught victor it is okay that he lost and embraces him. As Bianca enters the ring to celebrate with Donnie, Little Duke and Creed's other trainers, Rocky excuses himself and takes a seat to watch them from the outside of the ring. Okay, so before we go into this last part, um, I, yeah. because of the top of mind, when this happens, when he throws in the towel, I was like, this is the same shit that I've always <laughs> uh, you know, criticized filmmakers doing, is that they touch up on these things, oh. You know, these little tiny character things that we should learn more about, but they choose not to get into them because of sake of runtime and trying to save screen time here and there. It's like, I don't know that the dad, like, you know, (laughs) that Drago wants to do this. Like, where does this come from? I have no idea. This whole time, Ivan, Ivan Drago, like, I have no idea that he, he has a chain of change of heart or his change of heart just makes sense to me. This whole time he's just been revenge guy, you know? Doesn't that make it more powerful? Not like, really, because there's no, there's no like, the real, there's no build up to it. It just happens randomly without. Um, it just happens randomly, and it doesn't seem like it's in character because we don't learn about any build up to him redeeming himself or having restitution for his character. So it's actually interesting because, like, early in the film, we were kind of talking about, well, at least I was. Um, it would have been cooler if he treated his son more like shit so that when this happens, it's more mm-hmm. powerful. Whereas you're kind of implying that there is no indication that he would even consider mm. doing this. So it's so out of character yeah. for him to do but it. But then at the same time, but then funny. at the same time, yeah. it's like we, we, we don't know anything beyond Drago's character anyway. So whether it happens or it doesn't happen, it doesn't matter, I guess. But this was the so only reason why the thing- fight broke up is because his dad decided to do it. Well, he was already losing, yeah. right? Like the cool thing about this scene, I liked a lot, um, was the fact that in the first in, in Rocky Four, when he kills Apollo, mm. it's because Rocky doesn't mm. throw in the towel early okay. enough, and so he knows it's kind of like a throwback to um, Rocky Four, where he's like, he kind of knows what happens if you mm. don't throw the towel in because he mm. killed a guy in a ring. Um, I liked that part of it. One thing I didn't like was that in this dialogue. You kind of see Ludmilla depart. Mm. You do see Victor get upset, but you don't really see Ivan seeing the truth of his son's earlier words and that, like, there's no, um, that he'll never get acceptance from Russia's elite. Like, I think maybe they try and show that just with, like, him kind of looking the glasses, back at Ludmilla yeah. leaving, but it didn't do it yeah. for me. So I feel like, like, the way that this scene is kind of described in this synopsis is it gives so much more depth to that. And like, you start to think, you know, it starts to play in the earlier scenes. Like he's the one in the dinner trying to be like, Oh, you know, these are Russian people. They're accepting you. You should take it. And then um, it's like, he's always been trying to sort of get back in with Russia. Whereas that wasn't really evident to me when I was watching Mm -hmm. the film. And then when he finally decides, okay, look, I care about my son's safety more than Russia's elite. Like that's like a really Mm. powerful thing. But Again, from what I saw in the film, I didn't catch that until I was reading this right, with you. Right, Yeah, they, they sort of describe it to you. Well, the director describes it to you through the glimpses and the glances that he takes at um, the elite Russian family. But 
What I do want to talk about, though, is the fights, the fight, the fight particularly, okay. because I think the fight is the best fight sequences we've seen out of both movies. I thought the fight was really I would cool. Say, yeah, this fight is probably the best boxing fight. Sequence, oh, really? I would say, oh. yeah, for sure. Now I don't want to like, watch Rocky. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're bad. Like for the fight scenes, they're bad. But like this, it was really good. Cool it was so good. Sense. Like it's like a, it's like a martial mm. arts film, right? Like like they're they're dodging, they're blocking. Well, I I, they're really I just felt the block. impact from the punches, you know. Especially, I think it was mm. like probably round four, or round five, where it was really back and forth between both of them. Might have been round five, I think. Mm. Uh, really back and forth. I could feel those punches like hitting, you know. Like their heads, the heads are snapping hard. hard. Maybe it was the camera work that was working really, really well here. And like when they get hit in the stomach, they really like yeah. Sort of jump and I, I could like, feel it, man. And I was like, oh wow, yeah. this this uh this this fight has so much punch. It's it's so good. I think like the crazy thing is in in the Rocky films, like Apollo is very much like a he stands far away and he's mm. just jabbing, and Rocky is like this big sort of like dumb guy who's like throwing giant right. hooks. I think this film was um, helped a lot by the fact that Adonis is kind of like a big hook throwy guy, and Victor's definitely a big hook mm. throwy guy. So all of their hits had like massive right. power. It wasn't like two different styles. Right. Yeah, I mean, like this was yeah. it, it was great that his opponent, the antagonist, had, was way taller, a longer reach, and all that kind of stuff. So he had to change his technique or his strategy on how to take him down, and like so. I thought I thought it was shot so well. And the, I I just think the fight was just more enjoyable than any other fights that I've seen in the Creed films. <laughs> like I I just enjoyed it. I you know I think fair. it's one thing to have a good fight, but then to enjoy it is kind of another thing. So there's some good layers to it. There was some really good emotion as well. I like that we're cutting back and forth between the mom um, and his girlfriend. That was really cool to keep up that emotional tension. Um, and then eventually, when it gets to that point when he knocks him down and then the towel gets thrown in like i that was a little bit of a subvert for me as well because maybe not so much for you because you know rocky four and that happens in rocky four or it doesn't happen it's supposed to happen mm-hmm. um but that was a subversion for me i just thought that the fight was going to end and donnie just completely knocking him out but then every time the round kept going up and up and up and up and getting to round 10 like that's insane round mm-hmm. 10 getting to round 10 and then and the guy was still on his feet. I was like, oh, wow, like how long is this going to go? I just thought by the time that the towel gets thrown in, we've earned our spot getting to that championship, you know? Or at least like the character has earned a spot getting to that championship belt. As in, like as in you, you wanted to see him get knocked on the ground and like, you know, 10. No, well, it, it was just fulfilling. Like, like the journey getting to that yeah. win was fulfilling. It wasn't that typical okay they well it. yeah they fought for or like he's he's knocked him out and then yeah he's the winner um i think getting to hit to that point where he's pretty much like uh, victor's character is at the point where he's going to keep going until he dies i suppose but then his father sees him and he yeah. just throws in the towel um that actually i did like i wanted to talk about that scene when he's actually thinking about throwing the towel in or you know, about mm. to do it. There's like a slow mo on Ivan, and in the background, you see Victor yeah. and uh, Adonis yeah. fighting, and Victor's just getting lit yeah. up, right? Like he's just like hooks. Yeah. And stuff, and <laughs> oh like, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's actually like, really cool in the background. I actually remember that. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's so out. good. I really yeah, I remember that. the hook that he does to him. I think it's like a right hook or something, and his face just goes flying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's actually really cool. 
And then, and then, sorry, and then Rocky, like when he glimpses, when he glances over as well, he looks at Ivan and he's like, "What are you doing?" You know, he's he kind of gives him this look like, "You need to stop the fight, dude. You need to stop the fight." Yeah, he starts yeah, walking, he starts over walking there, over, right? Yeah. That's yeah. really powerful. <laughs> you did make a good point where, like, I don't think you really like get that climax you're looking for. Like in a lot of the Rocky films, there's a lot of like, um, you know. The, the the main character cheering in the ring, getting the belt, holding it, and then like the woman runs in and mm. kisses him. This one's like a lot more subdued. I don't know why that is, mm. but it is. Like where like she's talking to him through the ropes and she's saying you did it. It's a much more um, personal. Hmm. Um, yeah, which thing. is very accurate to or or no, sorry, not not accurate, but it's very much like how the character's arc is supposed to go. Remember when Rocky mm. is talking to him, like, what are you fighting for? You know? Yeah. It's right. it's it's very personal. Yeah. It's very personal. It's about him and his yeah. family. Now he's got something to fight for. And so that's why when at the end there isn't like this big like fireworks extravaganza or anything like that. It's all very yeah. intimate, close shots between him, his his mom, his girlfriend, and Rocky. And I like the fact that Rocky just he just says like, yo, congrats. And he takes a step back and he just looks yeah. and he just watches. Because he doesn't, yeah. That's so know. nice. And like he's very, <laughs> very consistent of his Yeah, character. it's so good. He didn't have to, right? He could have easily just come in and said, Yeah, he could have ran in and it would have been like this cliche thing, like high five and like hoist the player and everything. And <laughs> But yeah. I like that it was, uh, yeah, it was very toned back and it was very much consistent with all the characters and what they were going through. Because it was like a personal mm. battle for him yeah. in a way. Um, and then following the match Victor and Ivan later trained together back in Ukraine this is what I thought was really odd (laughs) it's like it's just like a short clip of them running together in their training I'm like I like that clip it just shows you I guess so like they don't care about Uh, what's the lead anymore it just seems so weird I was like (laughs) why I did find it strange that again they've had two huge fights why are they still <laughs> he would have got so much money from this. Um, yeah. All right, and then Rocky travels to Vancouver and make peace with his own estranged son, Robert. One last okay. thing: How are they still in so much poverty, and they can just fly to America? It's all the promoters, man, they all pay them to go. Oh yeah, I don't, okay. know. I don't know how sports work. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rocky travels to Vancouver to make peace with his own estranged son, Robert Jr., and meets his grandson, Logan, for the first time. Donnie and Bianca visit Apollo's grave, where Donnie makes peace with his deceased father and the burden of carrying on his legacy. As he and Bianca introduce Amara, who now has a new set of hearing aids. Okay, first thing I want to say is Rocky going to meet his son. I just thought this was like... Before the scene started, I just thought, okay, they're just going to wedge this in. It's not going to mean that much. It's going to be a little bit undercooked. And I don't know his relationship with his son at all, other than him talking briefly about it. Like, super, mm-hmm. not even talking about it. He just mentions that his son lives in Vancouver in the first one. And then they touch up on it a little bit here, like uh, midway through the film, when he realizes after. Um, reciting the line that Donnie says to him. He said, uh, what stupid decisions have you made? You know, and he talks about his son and all kind of stuff. And that's all we know. So I thought that this scene, him going to Vancouver, was just going to be another, like, this is going to leave the door open and it's going to be super undercooked. However, the scene was, like, emotional, dude. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Man, I felt, I felt this one more than all Oh, my God, it was huge. And, and I, think, I think that was just, um, what's his... 
what's his son's name? Robert, yeah, Robert Jr. It was it was his reaction and freaking Sylvester Stallone's incredible acting chops. Like, oh my god, this mm. dude! Like, I, I'm I'm so shocked at how good he was in that scene. I was like, shit! Like, I'm so I feel like I'm watching a documentary of this. <laughs> that, I felt the awkwardness. Yeah, like yeah. it's so awkward for him. It's just like sort of like bumbling older yeah. guy who doesn't know how to deal with that's people. right like and like what do you do what do you do in those situations when you're a father that hasn't seen your son and the grandson for god knows how long and you just show up at the front door it's gotta be like eight years right that kid was pretty big yeah it was crazy it was like so awkward and yeah. then the way that scene was directed and especially acted by sylvester sloan oh gosh what a what a scene i was like damn man i feel this <laughs> And they and they leave it really open ended for a while too. Like they kind of like you know, is he going to invite yeah. him in? Yeah. You don't know. Are they going to yeah. hug? You don't know. Like it's just it, it is. Just it was a good a scene, while. and he cries, but it's not like a full on like sobbing cliched cry. It's like one of those like yeah. choking cries, you know, like couple of tears, mm. wipes them away really quick, and then the grandson breaks up that awkwardness by saying, "Is that a ball?" He's like, "Yeah, do you want to play catch?" And I was like, "Oh, perfect! <laughs> what oh, a good so, scene!" Such a good scene. You know what's great? Um, the main character from Heroes. That, I guy. I was trying to I was trying to remember where is this guy from? Where is he from? Where is he from? Yeah. It's Heroes. That's right. It's Heroes. Uh, yeah, because he was the actor in Rocky. Okay. Six. And I remember thinking, oh, that's a pretty big right. guy. You know, main character from right. Heroes. And I'm like, I wonder if it's going to be the same actor. Mm, and it was. Yeah. And back when Rocky Six was at 2005, you said right. That was pretty yeah, much. Oh yeah, that was kind of. That was around the time of Heroes as well. Yeah. I reckon it was. Yeah, it was, he was a hard game mm. that time. Where is he now? <laughs> Waiting for Rocky Eight. Oh, he's in, he's in Creed <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for Creed Five, maybe. Um, yeah, and then um, and then Donnie and Becca. It's a nice scene at the end where you go, they go to the grave, and everything. It's a really yeah. nice scene. Nice way to to tie up that relationship with his father, um, and just having the family there, and then credits i was like huh <laughs> i liked that um amara has yeah. hearing aids like again it's one of those sort of shortcut kind of scenes where you're like you don't know if she's got the problem or not because up until now you don't know if she's gonna pass the second that's test. right this, this is, is the moment, moment yeah you find out for sure she yeah one of one, like just yeah exactly you're right small things that really tell a lot and really tie up that yeah. whole kind of character trait which was awesome um yeah, like yeah, and that. the credits roll, and I was like, "Wow, cool, good film, good film." I feel bad for Carl Weathers. Everyone else is getting a paycheck. I wonder if Carl Weathers. Gets Who's a Carl paycheck. Weathers? He's a. a oh, I, I'm pretty sure he, he would be. Image news, yeah, I'm right? pretty sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's some legal um, explanations around that. I hope he's getting some, some yeah, money for this. Sure. Not a whole lot because he's not actually acting. Yeah. But it's kind of, like I'd imagine it'll work the same way that you use brands and logos in a movie right like you have to license stuff yeah um yeah good film very good film really enjoyed it uh, so you have to <laughs> yeah very re- very reluctant to to think that i think this movie is better than the first one yeah i didn't think so honestly until you mentioned it mm. Like at the start of this podcast, I was like, is it better? You know what? I think it is because I think the first one's an origin story. That's like mm-hmm. a benefit, right? The I mean, we can just jump into like sort of ratings at this point. But the second one, I think like 
one, there's more fight scenes. They're cooler. Two, I think the story is more engaging. It's Even though it's like a long movie, it's a tighter mm. story. Um, the themes of a hero sort of losing his way, finding out what he has to fight for, um, going back to like basics and, and sort of trusting the people around him and then going on and like sort of doing that job, I think is a more sort of engaging story than this young kid with a chip on his shoulder who is not wanting to take on his father's legacy, but still using it all mm. the time for mm-hmm. some reason. Cause like, you know, Rocky's not going to talk to him at all. If he's not Rocky's sure. son, that kind of pissed me <laughs> off in hindsight. I didn't say this last week, but the fact that he's like, I want to make my own name, but I'm like, the only way you're getting Rocky on your corner is because you're Rocky. <laughs> like, he, he, he says it straight yeah. away. Yeah. Doesn't he? I'm his son. Rocky's like, are you sure? Mm. Anyway, anyway, so I'll just rating, try, rating, I'll say rating, rating, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So I loved a lot of it. I think the only problem, low light, was um, the boxing promoter, and he wasn't even that bad. Like, he's a great actor. He did mm. a good job. He didn't do a whole lot, and that's fine. Um, I didn't like the fact that the there was a lot of really cool plot points in the synopsis that I didn't capture in the film itself. I don't know if that's because I'm a dumb viewer or if it's just not displayed in the film proper and this is actually probably one of the few times where my appreciation of the film goes up a little bit after mm. synopsis usually as we talk through a film i, start I think it's usually just because like, whoever's writing their synopsis is probably like man i'm getting paid a lot to do this so i better not mess it up <laughs> yeah. yeah maybe because like usually when we do like these 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 run-throughs i start nitpicking and then things start not making sense and i start to give mm. it a lower score in this one the synopsis said oh you know what if that's what they're going for that's a cool sure. plot line yeah. like ivan's arc makes a lot of sense after mm. reading that thing but it wasn't mm. in the film which is mm. a negative anyway uh rating i would give this if i gave the other one like an eight mm. right i'd give it like a like a nine. I'd give it. I'd give it one higher. Yes. Fuck nine's <laughs> high. Don't be afraid to give <laughs> nines, dude. You know what? I want people to know this. Like Citizen Kane, I'm not going to give that. Oh man, chance, Citizen, Citizen Kane is like a four, dude. <laughs> is it bad? No way. That's surely. I not. think. I think my my rating for Citizen Kane comes off of the the back of just everyone loving it. So so kind of. Uh, how do I put this? Just uninhibitedly like it. I don't even know if I said that correctly, but um, they, you yeah. know, they, they're just a bunch of people who think that if I rate Citizen Kane high and I watch it, even though deep down inside it's not a good film, I have, I have to say that it's good because it. that's what all good film people do. It's like it's it's garbage. Yeah, it's like garbage. Well, yeah. No, I'm not even going to try and defend it. It's garbage. I don't think it's that great. The book version. Of the, it's like the movie version of The Alchemist. Have you no. read The Alchemist? Okay, I'm gonna piss people off. The Alchemist is garbage, <laughs> straight up. I'm garbage. very familiar with the book, Terrible. but I've never read it. Um, but yeah, I just want you know, like this is a subjective rating. I like sport films and I like dumb. All right, so nine films, out of ten so for you. Gets a okay, nine from cool. me. Nice. Well, for me, I give it an eight point five out of ten. That was Ooh, that. That's that's, that's one point five points higher than the previous one. <laughs> Yeah, damn. You liked it I liked a it a lot more. And my reasons for not giving it an extra 1.5 points, it's just a couple of things where there's a bunch of subplots, um, a 
a bunch of character arcs that don't get explored. I know it's limited to the runtime, but there's there's no harm in extending that runtime to two thirty, right? They already extended it to twenty minutes. I think. Well, maybe for a sports film, perhaps. But like, you have to be confident. You know, if you if you want to introduce a whole bunch of characters that are your main characters, they're going to spend the most time on the screen. Then I think you should you should assign the correct amount of uh, storytelling for each character. I I normally agree, like. I normally agree with you. I would say that like two thirty is a long time. For yeah, a sports film. maybe two twenty. I don't know. Like two, you can do a lot in fifteen minutes. Food. I like a lot. <laughs> no, but like you could. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because I feel like I'm kind of against like this sort of subtle thing that Marvel's been doing, where they've taken popcorn flicks and made them like two hours and forty five minutes long. <laughs> Dude, it's only three <laughs> films like in that. Marvel that does that. <laughs> yeah, they've done. Yeah, but it's like two and a half is a pretty standard. No, length. I think Thor four. Is, how long? Uh, is that I'm not sure. Nah, no, I think it's like two hours. Um, no, like... Um, oh, yeah, 159. Yeah. That's a long movie for such a bad <laughs> Yeah, but that's why it's bad, because it feels way too stupidly long. Um, no, like... Look, my thing on runtimes is that uh, you, you never notice the runtime when you're enduring the film, right? Nobody ever speaks about The Dark Knight being too long. Why? Because The Dark Knight is a brilliant film. You don't actually know that it's Dark, Dark Knight is two thirty two, I think it is. Hmm. You're exactly right. Am I you're exactly right? Two thirty two. Feels <laughs> Dark Knight Rises Whoa. feels very long, in my opinion. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises is two forty five. Mm. That is bloody long, dude. Yeah, they do a time. lot in that film, and I actually have grown a better appreciation for that film after reviewing and recapping that. I can't remember what episode that is on the podcast, but we've done that review and recap with Nath, and um, I definitely appreciate that film a lot more now. Uh, but Endgame is three hours. Endgame, yeah, yeah, man. Endgame was like I wanted it to be longer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, give me a Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah man. It, it was the most intense entertainment, not just entertainment, but it was just the most intense um, movie experience I've ever had in my life. There's nothing that's going to come close wow. to it. Yeah. I I think I've said this to you before. I think Infinity War is better than mm. Endgame. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's good man it's good infinity war but infinity war but like both of those films need to exist co- like they need to coexist right not really i reckon <laughs> everyone's war, dead <laughs> everyone's dead thanos wins he goes and retires to True. the farm like yeah. if they actually showed him retiring mm. to the farm i would have been like bravo this is yeah. a great movie yeah. like how yeah, cool. cool is that this guy like you've never thought about the fact that maybe you're just watching a movie from the wrong protagonist like the yeah. wrong point of it's view. a good film but that film like those characters um the, the reason why it wouldn't really work on its own is because those characters would have had short-lived arcs because their arcs are complete none of those characters are complete oh you're talking about everything well yeah i mean those, those characters had very very long arcs getting into infinity war you're, yeah. you're right you're right like I'm, I'm i was just saying that we don't need any oh yeah but we do need the entire universe. Yeah, but you still that's, need Ingen to finish their arc. <laughs> no, the finish of is their arc the... <laughs> is that they're dust now. <laughs> oh, jeez. You're hilarious. Uh, wait, but what was your rating? Your, your rating was 9, right? 9 out of 10. And... It was. But, you know, I'm happy to go from 8.5. Nah, I don't want nah, you to put nah, like nah. 8.75 out there. <laughs> 8.75. How about that? <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I don't want you putting that out there. It's like too, oh, it's it's too hard. It's fine. Do you have the space for it in your template? <laughs> mm, yeah, I do. Uh, no, I'm just saying, like, do we want to go into 7.5 territory? I don't think we want to. Just as a as a creative decision for the Oh uh, yeah, I mean well, just for any film in general. Nah, any, no way. Like there's a I lot of like there's never... a lot of stuff that I've given way below five. Like Thor, for example. No, no, no. I'm talking about the point seven five just Oh, okay. You like you mean the point five. Eight, eight point five. Okay, the nine, point five, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're right. 10. Just keep it at point yeah. five. Yeah. Yeah, eight point yeah. five. Okay. Done. Yeah. All right. Creed cool. three. We're going to be doing that next week. Yes. How am I? Go- how do we watch hmm. this? Because like I don't know. Is it? On um, I think it's on YouTube now. Like you know, YouTube, Google, like you rent and buy or whatever. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, whatever. However, you decide <laughs> to acquire your films is up to you, my friend. <laughs> I'm um, not saying otherwise. I would have loved to. So it's not on, it's not on the cinema because I'd actually go watch it in the cinema. I just don't like to pay to watch it mm. at home. Without streaming, I do stream a lot. You know, I've got a lot of services, and I feel like it's enough. Yeah. No. What do you mean? You don't stream YouTube. You just buy or rent from. I know that's the problem. Like, I I would pay for a ticket to watch it into a cinema, or I will pay for a streaming service. Oh, instead of to, rent to something. Watch okay. thing. But the idea of like renting mm. a film annoys me, dude. It's like it's and like the price of right. a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I don't drink coffee. <laughs> Like you, you name something that you drink or eat, and I'll be like, "It's that price." Like you're gonna get something good in return. It's a. Is it actually the price of a coffee? I don't know. How much it is. Like usually when you, it's twenty four ninety nine. It. That's to buy it, right? Is there a rent? If option? there's no rent options, because it's too new. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll oh, buy or rent. Rent is twenty four ninety nine. Buy is twenty nine ninety nine. That is not. That's cap. Are you serious? Yeah, no, that can't be right. Rent is that can't yeah. be right. That's... I've got it right here. You want me to put a screenshot yeah, to yeah. you? Actually, how, can I send things to you on this? Oh, is there a chat? There is a chat. Okay. So I just did I put it in? No, what what happened? No, <laughs> I'm just gonna just look it up. Into, yeah. Okay. Yeah, look it up. That is crazy. Is that what you're saying? Um, Creed three. Greed three, greed three. Um, on YouTube at least. Oh my gosh, you're right. Twenty four ninety nine. Jeez, to I rent. think it's just because it's so brand new. Like it, like when I no, rented Creed two, it cost me six bucks. Um, really, you don't have Amazon? It's on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, both of them are on Amazon uh, Prime. Is Creed three not on Amazon Prime yet? Obviously, yeah, no, no, no. That's too new. Mm. Wait, I've got. If I do add cinemas, all right. Oh, okay. So it's only showing in um indoor, indoorupoli in Queensland, which seems like not a word, <laughs> which is actually quite racist. Are you, are you say? Are you looking up cinemas to watch it? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'd I'd pay for yeah. that experience, especially now. Like, you watch a movie like Creed 3 in, you know, the 1st mm. of May, you'll be there alone. Yeah, That's going to be great. Um, well, you know what? Let's bring this to an end so the listener doesn't have to listen to us painfully oh, yeah, just sorry, talking everybody. about stuff. <laughs> um, thanks again, listener, for coming in, coming in and dropping in, uh, listening to our banter about films. Thank you, Tony. 
Always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And uh, we will do this again next week for Queed, 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 Creed, <laughs> Creed 3. If we, if we can, find, can it. find it. If we can't, then Everything you will know through social media. We'll give you some updates through social media. Make sure you follow us at Legit Cool Podcasts, Instagram, Facebook, Legit Cool Podcasts underscore movie talk or something like that. I think I just completely butchered it. But it would be in the show notes um, on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Podbean. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys again. Bye. Cool. Thank you. Bye-bye.